welcome to Beyond Natural Light Photography. I'm your host, Sandra Cohn, and on this podcast, I'll share my tips and tricks for mastering light, both natural and artificial, as well as what I've learned over the past 20 plus years as a professional photographer about building a standout brand, marketing yourself in an honest, authentic way, and building a profitable photography career without hustle or burnout. I'm gonna invite you to eavesdrop on conversations that I have with the photographers I coach, as well as from other industry experts so that you can gain real life actionable advice about building the business you want and the life you deserve. So thanks for being here and let's get started. Hello friends and welcome back to the Beyond Natural Light Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cohn, and this is a very, very special day because friends, this is our 100th episode of the podcast, which is bananas to me. Uh, You know, I started this podcast back in June of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, um, just as a way to, you know, reach out to my community, to build community, to honestly have something to do. I had closed my, uh, you know, my studio because of the pandemic. Um, And you know, I'm not used to just sitting around not doing anything. It was kind of freaking me out. So I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. I had no idea what I was doing. I still kind of don't, but um, I've been really having a fun time with it. It's been a really interesting journey. And, you know, if, if you're one of our regular listeners, then you know what, thank you just so much for being part of this community and um, being a part of this journey. And now here we are you know, 100 episodes in blowing my mind. Um, this year, you know, I brought the, I brought the the podcast back in January this year, and we decided to try something a little different and we're doing two episodes a week, which has been really fun. So, um, I guess that means that we'll just get to our 200th episode even quicker, but for today, uh, what I thought would be fun is to go back and just listen to, um, short little clips from our, you know, most popular podcasts out of the last hundred episodes. So that's what we're going to do. It's sort of like, um, I don't know, like, did you used to watch TV and in like the eighties and the nineties and they do like, you know, shows would have like little, little clips, you know, from their other shows. I, I, I don't know, but anyway, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So that is what we're going to be doing with today's episode. Now, our most popular episode on the podcast, honestly, by far was episode 78. And that episode is called, is it fear or intuition and how to tell the difference? And this was an episode I was really, um, inspired to, to make after I had a great conversation myself with my, my coach about this very thing. You know, there are so many things that we do in business and that business asks us to do that can feel really scary. You know, I'm recording this episode, in fact, um, while at WPPI and I'm about to stand on stage in front of hundreds of people. And that feels really scary, but that, that kind of fear isn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. That's just a natural part sometimes of being in business. But what I also know is as, as somebody who really believes in listening to my intuition and listening to my gut is 
sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between, you know, just healthy, normal fear and your intuition saying, Hey, this is a bad idea. And so this was a conversation that I had had, um, over gosh, a couple of weeks with my own coach. And, um, I just found it really interesting and really helpful and decided to share it with you. So that is what this clip is all about. In my experience, the biggest difference between intuition and fear is volume. <laughs> okay. So hear me out. So intuition tends to be soft, right? It's quiet. Like when I think of when I'm really in touch with my intuition, it just feels like a knowing in my body, right? You know how people say, listen to your gut. Like I started out today's podcast saying, I like to listen to my gut. Like there's a reason why listen to your gut is a phrase that we're all so familiar with, because I think as people, we all recognize that like body centered feeling of true intuition, right? It's grounding. You just know it in your core that this is the right thing. Now, fear, on the other hand, fear, in my experience, <laughs> fear tends to be loud, right? For me, it's almost always in my head. It's not this like gut centered feeling. It's like always in my head. It's really loud. It repeats itself constantly, right? It feels like a nervous spinning, like a hamster wheel going through the same, you know, terrible, what ifs, what if this happened? What if this happened? And what if the, you know, that, that is fear. Um, the other big difference for me between intuition and fear is in the messaging, because like I said, intuition is quiet, it's grounded, but it's also really positive. So when I think of my intuition, it's not a voice necessarily telling me what not to do or judging me, right? It's always coming from like a place of love. So for example, when my intuition is telling me not to do something or that maybe the situation is a bad idea, the message will be about the situation, not about me personally, right? Does that make sense? It's way more loving. So like, you know, like um, the dark alley, you know, example, like don't go down that dark alley. That dark alley is not safe. That's an intuition feeling not, uh, you're unsafe. You're going to, you know, you're doing something wrong. You're stupid. You know, those real negative talks, those tend to be fear because I feel like fear is very negative, uh, negative, um, focus. It likes to point out all the things that won't work and all the things that are wrong with you. Right. And it's not always nice. Right. So when that voice in your head is there telling you that you're not enough, you're not ready. You don't have what it takes. This won't work for you. That sort of thing. Um, that's fear. All right. This next clip is from episode three, which was my interview with Kate Weingarten, 6K in four hours is the title of the episode. And Kate is um, a photographer from the Chicago area that I met years ago when she signed up for my course, The Missing Link. And of course, The Missing Link teaches people to create natural looking light with strobes and flash. Kate had a really similar story to mine in that she'd been a natural light photographer forever. She didn't like the look of traditional strobes and flash. Um, and she was even actually pretty hesitant to take the missing link. But after she did, it just like completely transformed her entire business. And I asked her actually to come on and speak to me um, for the podcast 
after she had posted in our student group about doing mini sessions and in just four hours at her mini sessions in the middle of a very dark Chicago winter, she was able to make like 6k in revenue. And she was like, there's no way I would have been able to do that if I was just using natural light. So it's a really, really inspiring, um, conversation. If you get a chance, definitely listen to the entire episode of episode three, but uh, enjoy the clip. I mean, are you comfortable telling us what you made in four hours? Yeah. So right as of now, like 6k. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, it actually gives me goosebumps. Yeah. It's, it's, and I feel like can't believe that because yeah, it's just, big, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. And would you have been able to do that even in your studio, if you were just using natural light? No, because you know what I feel? So first of all, all of like 29 clients, they are all like just raving about the pictures and they're like, oh my God, this is so great, you know, so fast. And then uh, we love the pictures. And then, um, so it is, it, it was a little bit difficult to do, but then what happened, I just literally just locked my settings on the camera because, you know. Because your light's the same. Yeah. yeah, my light is the same. I put my son on like one chair and basically he like did move a little bit, but it, it didn't matter. So, and my editing, so I did them on Sunday and then Thursday morning, I already like delivered 29 sessions. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, I, so I priced them high enough, but then I, I, I was, I was thinking, okay, so, um, I promised five images. I'm going to offer them an upgrade because I got so many great images. They were like 10 minutes long because I didn't worry, you know, about like settings and stuff. I just gave my full attention to kids, which is Mm -hmm. sometimes stressful. You know, it's like little kids crying. And even with like kids who were crying, we we were still able to capture some amazing images. So all of them almost upgraded to full sessions, which me to even like higher uh, you know amount of money made so it's incredible and i i was really happy too i'm just like you know i'm looking at these images and i'm like oh my god i love it all right this next clip comes from episode eight these are a lot of our early episodes which i love that um and this was an interview that i did with uh one of my students Jennifer Barucci on rebranding after moving. And I was really excited to talk to her about this because this is a question we get a lot in our community. Um, You know, building a business is hard. Building a, you know, a client base is hard. And when you have moved or you're in the process of moving, or maybe you're, you know, you're a military family and you move a lot, it can be really daunting. It can feel really daunting for people. So in this episode, Jennifer shares Uh, her story about moving from Hawaii to California and how she, you know, navigated that move uh, in her business. She also talks about um, how she shifted to working uh, with film and strobes and uh, and what that has done for her business. So um, I hope you enjoy this little clip from episode eight. I've been doing photography now for about 14 years, and I would say probably in the last 11 years, I've gone professional, um, like full-on professional with the business license, insurance, you know, all that stuff. And um, when I moved to Hawaii nine years ago, my business took off. So I um, was doing digital photography, and I knew about off-camera flash. I did a lot of sunset um, photo shoots with families. Mostly, I did families who vacationed 
into Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So I had a built-in economy, basically. And, um, you know, I did morning shoots in the morning at 9 a.m. on a beach. And I went back in the evening, late afternoon, and did a sunset shoot. So um, that was my bread and butter, and it was great. So, um, so yeah, so then I, so we just decided to move back to California because of aging parents and because my kids are getting older and they want to go to school here and there's just more opportunities. So I'm in this new segment of professional photographers where I've relocated and I'm rebuilding, rebranding, remarketing and trying really hard not to have that depression set in. Oh, woe is me. How are people going to find me? Um, what am I going to do? So when I lived in Hawaii, I was a digital photographer, solely digital photographer. And I, oh, my friend turned me on to film and I loved film. It was easy. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not easy, easy. You have to learn it, but there's less time behind the laptop and all that editing. And I just loved it. But I built my business on the look of my digital mm -hmm. and I just didn't feel that I could start over with film. So I just, when I was out with my family, and of course, you know, the beaches of Hawaii and hiking and all that stuff, I would take my, my film camera and photograph my kids. And that was the easiest way for me to, to just document my family was to just take it on film mm -hmm. and send out film and I'd have it and I didn't have to worry about it. That's how I got started too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who wants to spend hours behind the computer? And um, yeah. so when we moved... I decided I just, I don't want to do digital anymore. I actually am burned out with digital and I love film and um, I've always known about you. And I think I joined some other Facebook group like film mamas and they talked about you with, um, with little bellows. I think it was, but again, oh gosh, that was a long time ago. Long time ago. And so I didn't take that leap until we moved. And the nearest beach in Hawaii for me is like 15, 20 minutes. The nearest beach, in uh, Southern California for me is like an hour drive, no traffic. Oh, wow. Well, there's just no way that I'm going to do that. And of course it's, you know, California weather is not sunny all year round. There's yeah. rain, there's, you know, overcast days. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it now. Yeah. And kind of the perfect time to rebrand when you're already having to change and reestablish your business. Exactly. Okay. So this net next clip is from episode four. It's one of our really, really early episodes. And the title of episode four was how to avoid harsh, flashy looking light with strobes and flash. So, you know, if you know me, if you are part of my community, you know that I love creating natural looking light with strobes and flash. But the reality is I was a natural light photographer for the first 12 years of my career. And because I really didn't like the way I thought strobes and flash looked. I didn't like that harsh, flashy look. Um, and I really, really wanted to avoid it. So I know a lot of people feel this way. And so in this clip, I am teaching, um, all about the size and the placement of, of your light. So, you know, the size of the modifier you're putting on your light, how, where you're positioning it, uh, you know, in regards to your people, how that really helps create that be big, beautiful, soft light that looks like window light. So um, I hope you enjoy the clip. The size of your modifier affects the quality of your light. 
So if your goal with your lighting is to create beautiful, soft, natural looking light, like if you want that window light look, if you don't want hard light, if you don't want something harsh and flashy, then what you need to know is that the bigger your modifier relative to your subject, the softer your light is going to be. So if you want soft light and you walk into that you know, camera store and you're overwhelmed by all the modifiers, go for the big ones. That's a real simple rule, okay? The bigger your modifier, the softer your light's gonna be. Now, the second mistake that people make when getting started with strobes and flash that leads to that harsh and flashy look, it's just not knowing where to place your light. Something as simple as that. Now, we just learned that the size of your modifier has a huge impact on the look of your images that you're creating, right? Well, so does where you place that modifier. So a lot of photographers, you know, go wrong in that they may have the right modifier. They might have the right size, the right shape for the look they're going for, but they don't know how to place it to produce the kind of light that they're wanting to produce. Does that make sense? Now, there's a lot of ways that you can position a light for lighting patterns, right? You can get butterfly light or loop light or split light, things like that. And, you know, you know people who work with, with artificial light all the time love to talk about their lighting patterns. But for this episode, we're just talking about light quality, right? So again, we're wanting to avoid that harsh, flashy looking light. So we're wanting something soft. We're wanting something natural, more natural looking. And so... To position when you position your light to get that kind of light, what you need to know is that the closer you bring your modifier into your subject, the softer that light is going to be. So if you have a modifier and you have it 10 feet away from your subject, you're going to be producing harsher, flashier looking light. First of all, that light is so far away, you're going to have to turn it up more and power it more. So it's going to be harder, like a lot more intense, I should say not harder in quality, but more intense, right? And then the farther it's away, it's actually producing harder light. If you want softer light, if you want those soft shadows, bring that modifier in nice and close. And that's how you're gonna start getting that light. That's how you position your modifier to start getting that really beautiful soft light and avoid that harsh, flashy light. All right, you guys, this last clip comes from episode 65. And the title of episode 65 is An Honest Conversation with Three Photographers About Business, Marketing, and Success. And I'm going to be real honest. This is personally one of my favorite episodes that I've ever done on the podcast. So um, in this episode, I sat down with three of the alumni from my uh, business and marketing program, uh, Six Figure Studio. All three of these people are incredible photographers and have gone on to join my uh, level two mentoring program, which is called Amplified. So I sat down with Molly Hebda, Thordis Rianis, uh, and David Pigeon, and we talked about their photography businesses. Um, Molly focuses mostly on headshots and branding. Uh, Thordis is a newborn family photographer, and Dave is a sports photographer. So really different businesses really different business models, but they've all found incredible success and were able to take the tools that they they learned inside of Six Figure Studio and then inside of Amplify and just create, like just that make incredible things happen. So in this clip, you're going to hear us talk about 
really the confidence that comes from having clarity, really knowing what it is you do, strengthening, strengthening your message, and then making sure that you're showing up consistently and doing those things in your business. Basically all the things that we teach inside of Six Figure Studio, um, we're having that conversation in this episode. It's worth a listen. I hope you enjoy this clip, but this is another one that I'm like, go back and listen to the full episode because it's just really good. So here's a little bit from episode 65. It brings confidence and the ability to say no to stuff you're asked about because you know that is not your thing to do or you don't want, you will not enjoy it at the end. So Molly. Yeah, I always say like, (laughs) if you're the boss, you're the CEO, you're the boss, you're making your own business. Why would you write a job description for yourself that you hate? Yeah. And so many people do. That makes no sense (laughs) to me. No, definitely not. And with that clarity piece, um, I've actually revisited that multiple times within the last year and a half. In the beginning, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to narrow this down a little bit more from what I was doing. And this past year, I ended up narrowing it down even more so. So it just, as you go back over and just revisit it and really hone in and check in on yourself even more and more and really instead of overthinking everything to think about like, oh, what do people need and what do people want, but actually turning it in on yourself and figure out what you really want Mm -hmm. and what you need and what's going to light you up every day to be able to go out and do. So um, that clarity piece, I, I feel like that is not just for photography business. I feel like it's definitely a life lesson right there. Can I touch on something Molly just mentioned? And I think there's a truth about your program, Sandra, that has been wonderfully unexpected, which is its relevance a second and a third and a fourth time through. Mm -hmm. I too have gone back and redone some of those exercises as moved from clarity into consistency and then into the the predictability part of it um, and continued to hone in and try to maybe make more unique some of the some of the aspects of what my business is or how I would describe it those three to five words that describe your business uh, we often see photographers use some of the same language maybe it's fun uh, maybe it's elegant maybe it's classy authentic. something like that right <laughs> authentic yes genuine um, hashtag authentic yeah so I know for myself I've I've you know uh, maybe a little guilty of pulling out the thesaurus or the mental thesaurus and ask, well, how can I take this a next step forward, next step forward? And then once I do that, I go through your program all over again mm. and begin to plan out the next couple of months of content and how am I going to reach my, my audience, my clients, and what am I going to tell them? So I think that your program continues to be relevant after you've gone through it a first time. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was kind of fun, right? To listen to all these different little clips, like a little, uh, little, what is that? A uh, little taster of, of different episodes. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for joining and tuning in every Tuesday and Thursday here on the podcast. And of course, if you want to join us for more conversations, be sure you subscribe Don't forget to leave us a shiny five-star review. Those are really, really helpful. And um, honestly, it just makes me and my team super happy (laughs) when we see those come in. So thanks for being with me today. And um, I'll see you on the next episode of the Beyond Natural Light Photography Podcast.